Hi everyone, my name's Steve Tudor and welcome to the Friday Show. It's a show that wants an apology from Everton for selling us Neil Poynton, Jack Rodwell and Adrian Heath. On today's pod, we're looking ahead to this weekend's big game, the 187th Manchester Derby, no less. With City having a chance to extend their lead at the top, do bragging rights even matter? Damn right they do. We'll also be doffing our caps at a player who has the greatest first touch in world football. And yeah, I think we're even going to include Lionel Messi in that. We are, of course, referring to Riyadh, the goal machine, Mares. To discuss all this and more, I'm delighted to be joined by a panel of heavyweights in the form of Harry, Asan, and Chris. Hi, Harry, you good, mate? No, because Derby days are the two worst days of the year for me. Oh, oh he's one of them. He's, he's a Howard. Excellent, he's a Howard. <laughs> I was gutted Howard, Howard wasn't on here, so I could rib him, but now we've got a, we've got a, we've got a yeah. ring in Howard. Harry, sorry. Yeah, look, just just around here, you know when Derby Day's coming up because they won't stop mentioning it, and as soon as it's full time, as City have won, then you just don't hear from him. So yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. So you're Salford based, aren't you? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, I think all, but I'm the same for Howard as well. So yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, Asan, are you well? Are you good? Uh, I am, mate. I'm I'm very good. I <laughs> I love a Derby. Same, same. I, yeah, I really do, and I love Derby. I love Derby weekends. Like, I just feel like they, you know, football. It, like, so I guess growing up, right, City was shit. So the, the your cup final really is the Derby because you don't go at cup finals. So I've always kind of approached Derby weekends like that. And I must admit the weirdly enough, the last few years under Pep, they've, they've kind of given right – it's given rise to a bit more apprehension. Um, but it's a weird apprehension because, you know, generally I'm apprehensive that they won't turn up and that United will win, even though we're going to win the league, if that makes sense, which is really not something to be apprehensive about. But I think it just shows that, you know, we can't be losing to, like, we lost to Ole's Solskjaer, uh, to Ole's United <laughs> yeah. too many times, man. That just... No, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm not into that. But yeah, no, I'm definitely looking forward to to Derby weekend. Well, in the past, it just felt like a free hit, didn't it? And and now it's mm. the stakes are much higher. And, uh, Chris, how do you feel about Derby Day? And are you well? I am well. It's the end of the week, so I'm always better at the end of the week. You um, are always very chipper on, on a Friday. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I know. It's um. Do you know what? My anxiety about. Not anxiety, but my sort of, like, the anticipation about the derby. I think it's a bit of a muscle memory from years gone by, maybe, because it used to be a free hit, and then there's a period of time when actually it became the most significant fixture in the in the in the calendar, particularly when we were going neck and neck with with, with United, with Ferguson and, and, I think, Mourinho. But now I just, what I'm worried about is dropping points, not playing United. It's about... Dropping points. If we can beat them, yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's a satisfaction. But tradition is based on relevance, and United have become hilariously irrelevant recently. So you know, so even if we lose, I I can cope. I can absorb the United meatheads giving us shit. It's more. It's I can cope with that. It's like you know what I mean. Is you can sing. You can sing all you want when you're sat in a pit of shit. The fact is, it doesn't change anything about your life. And what is more of a concern? <laughs> what, what, what is more of a concern 
is the title race. So, Ooh. so that's that. I think it. I think it. You know, there are all those potential ingredients. I'm not that confident they'll play a significant role. But yeah, it's about the points. Less about United. It's about the points. Well, mm. yeah. I mean, I, I definitely want to come to that because that's an important facet of this weekend. Of course, we've kind of built breathing down our necks, but. It's still a derby. It's still United. It's still that yeah, yeah, dragon right. And, and yeah, yeah. with that in mind, um, I'll stay with you then, Chris. I obviously want to go to all three of you on this. Um, who are you anticipating starting at, at the weekend for City? Um, I'm assuming Diaz is going to be okay. Uh, I don't think any of us are 100% sure. So let's kind of, you know, assume the best on that regard. Um, who would you like to see? Can, or who do you think Pep will go with? <laughs> I know very difficult. How many times have been through this? Yeah. I I think that again, it comes down to who I would prefer to start. I I am not a hundred percent confident about Diaz, and so I'm start. I've already shifted my mindset to to, to if to accept if Diaz is injured, and and then it's about starting the Port and Stones. I want Walker back back in to deal mm. with the pace. I, I still want Cancelo in there. And I want the the front six that I think have been the most effective through the season, which is Rodri, Bernardo and KDB in the middle and uh, Raz Foden and Maris to start. Um, whether he'll go... I mean, to be fair, Grealish, I thought it maybe earned a nod. Um, but th- that's the lineup that I would want. And and, and if De- and if Diaz is fit, I'd actually want it to be a Stones and Diaz partnership rather than a Diaz and Laporte partnership. That's what I'd want. Whether Pep will and will read my text is another matter. <laughs> um, Harry, you, what do you know about Diaz and the injuries? Is it kind of same as myself, which is essentially yeah. going off of quote, Pep's quote? Yeah, I think it was Jack who did a piece yesterday that said he was, there was sweating over his fitness. Which right. The only thing it makes you do is makes fans sweat. I don't think the club sweat too much over it. Um, but no, I, I, I generally don't have a clue. Um, and then, of course, last week Pep preferred John Stones at right back to Carl Walker when he was fit. So mm. does that change that? Was Pep planning to play Stones there or was Walker just going to come back in in any way and Stones will just slot into the back four? Look, I have confidence in... In, in all three of them, to be completely honest with you. And every time they've sort of messed it about, I don't think it's really hampered it too much. Um, so I'm really confident. The one team news that I, I want to see, I just want to see Riyad Mahrez in there. I think his own mission in the last couple of weeks has been completely baffling. Mm. I understand Pep wanted to sort of pack the midfield and obviously use Bernardo as well. Um, but I just think, you know, when you, your top goal scorer is playing like he is, he's got to be starting every week and especially in the bigger games, which... You know, Riyadh has turned up in in the last couple of years. Okay. Um, Asan Pap comes down with a bit of flu and, and gives you a ring and says, can you take over for the weekend? Um, you've got full remit to kind of pick the team. Who, who would you go for? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to disagree massively with what with what the lads have said. I think, you know, the back four, Walker, um, Diaz, Laporte, Cancelo, or Stones, Laporte, Cancelo, Rodri Bernardo, KDB would be the midfield three for me. Um, and then the front three, I guess, is where the conversations arise. Look, I, I understand. Um, I think the thing is that this season we've seen with Grealish as an option, Guardiola doesn't really play Sterling and Mares. Yeah, it tends to be one or the other, and then and then Grealish starts. Um so it's a difficult it's a difficult one to call. If you if you ask me what I prefer right now, looking at United the way they are, 
I think I'd probably prefer to go with Mares, Grealish, and Foden. Um, but I suspect that Sterling will be the one who will get picked because Sterling is the one who can really run in behind. And I think that, you know, the. I think there's. We'll talk about Mares later and maybe why why he's not been in the starting eleven. But I feel as though right now, when Sterling isn't in the side, uh, it's very easy to for City to feel like they're very one dimensional mm. in their possessional play. I think that you know Sterling gives you a maverickness in the front line that a little bit KDB gives you in midfield it's where you know there's that sort of Guardiola's quote last week about um statistics versus the eye test right and I think that I read somewhere somebody was was really criticizing Sterling this week and they'd made the comparison of um how many times he'd lost the ball right over an x amount of minutes played and it was compared to all of our other front three players and the thing for me is that that stat means almost nothing because sterling does something that none of the other lads Mm. do and that is that he'll stand the lad in front of him up and try and run past him and that's just not something that our other forwards do a lot so, and I think that that quality is a little bit intangible because, you know, when you, at its worst, people will say, well, Sterling just loses the ball. He's not as good as the other players. But at its best, that's how the game gets stretched. That's how the opposition gets gets pinned back. That's how opposition defences end up moving from the edge of their penalty area to the edge of the six-yard box because somebody like Sterling can do that. So it's a it's a difficult one to try and decide for the derby who of the three you pick. And to be honest, or Mar- Ster- Sterling or Maris, who of the two you pick? And to be honest, I'll throw it over to the three of you. Like, you know, what if you can only pick one of the two, let's say that it's going to be Foden or Grealish, who are you picking? Or Foden and Grealish, who are you picking as the third? I, so there's something interesting you said, Arisan. Something particularly about Guardiola's game that st- stats cannot describe truthfully is space. And this mm. season, Guardiola has become more obsessed than ever about creating the way that he set up creates space. So it's it's what happens off the ball, and I think that's what I think that's why recently we've seen Bernardo taken out of the midfield and put on 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 either false nine or on either side of of the front three. It's about generating space in those tight situations when teams play a low block, um, and I think that that the the one. The one frustration sometimes, it's not necessarily Grish's fault, but what, what, I don't think he's as successful as going past a player as Sterling is. And that stat you mentioned, Asad, is such nonsense. The fact you're going to lose the ball more if you have it more. It's, it, it, it's, it, it's an inevitable outcome of it. But at the moment, I would play Foden over Grealish because what I want to see is the different attribute that each player can contribute to the whole and I just feel that Foden's is is more distinctive 
within mm. that first eleven than Grealish is. is. But uh, as we've said all this season, I'm, I'm seeing a gradual increase and in improvement in Grealish's contribution um, and a confidence growing from him. But if it, if it came down to, I, I would definitely start with Raz. And Foden just just is this mercurial figure that's very... He's one of the hardest ones to mark as, as a false nine because of his movement around mm. the box. So, yeah, given a choice, for me, it's a, it's a Foden start over Grealish. Harry, what about yourself? Yeah, it's definitely an interesting debate. Um, it depends probably who you feel's operated that false nine role the best. I think it's probably been Foden, right? I think we'd all agree. I, uh, I would go uh, yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I, I just want to see Mares in there. I just think he has been the difference recently. Um, you know, I'm, I'm one of Raz's biggest fans. Um, but yeah, he's the, the, I don't know if you've swayed with them statistics, you know. Um, no, no, I, no, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to stick with Mares because I just think he has been the difference in, in these last couple of weeks. Um, and I just think that his omission has been a bit baffling. Is, is it a case of, because I've got to be honest, Aston, I've not really noticed that before. I, I, I buy into it, and I, I trust you, of course, that uh, Mares and Sterling don't typically start together. Is that because, am I being too simplistic in regarding them both as wingers? No, I mean, look, I, I, I guess that my view on it um, is that they've obviously paid $100 million for Grealish, and then they can't just leave him on the bench. So, therefore it's been more than anything about accommodating Grealish. Right. Um, and so, I, I, and it's a feeling, I don't have the numbers in front of me to say that, you know, Grealish has started more than Sterling and Mares ha- have, but certainly I've had the sense this season that Pep prefers to play Grealish and then have one of Sterling or Mares and then play Foden as the, as the third forward. Um, and I think stylistically, and I think that I think that that's what it is. I think that stylistically, what Pep probably likes is that by having Grealish in that front three, you're effectively playing Bernardo or KDB in the front three. You're playing, uh, for me, a possession-based midfield player in an attacking position where it becomes about the control of the game. I think, unless I'm mistaken, Grealish start... I'm going to use Southampton, funnily enough, as the best team to figure out how we line up against United. And Grealish has started both the uh, both the games against Southampton this season. Um, I feel as though in on Sunday, it's going to very much be about almost going back to what we were four weeks ago, where I feel as though we've changed slightly. I don't know what the, whether it's been about accommodating other players like Gundogan or there's genuinely been been a tactical reason for moving Bernardo from the position that he was in. But I think we go back to that, that setup, which was very much about, like I I had a look at the stats earlier for, for our game against Southampton in the, um, in the draw that's just, been and gone and I mean the stats are ridiculous it's like you know we had 77% possession we had a 90% uh, passing accuracy rate we had 25 shots or something like that I mean it's just a it's a that's the type of performance and domination that I think this team needs to have I think if we play like that 
we win nearly all the games that 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 we come into and i think we've seeded a little bit of something in recent weeks and i think we'll probably go back on sunday to that sort of setup and that sort of domination and frankly grealish lends himself to that sort of possession based tactic more so i would say the mares and sterling and so therefore I feel as though it's only going to be one of Mares or Sterling, and I do feel that Grealish will start. Okay. Can I just uh, say, can I just yeah. add the, the, the game in at Old Trafford where obviously we had ultimate control? Bernardo Silva was the, the false nine with yeah. Foden and Jesus either side of him. Mm. So I don't know if that may factor into his into his thinking. Um, obviously, we had the absolute ultimate control that day, and I know United made it very easy for us. I think they even played five at the back. Mm. Um, but you know, Bernardo had one of his best games there in and around Definitely. that position at Old Trafford. So I don't know if it's different at the Etihad and a different game United are going to play, obviously a new manager, I think it, I think it's the new manager thing. I think that uh, knowing Pep the way we know him, right, he's, he's a student of other coaches and the way that they play. And, and he will see the difference between United now and United under Solskjaer and... United are really similar to Southampton in the way that they play right now. They've just got better players. And I think that that will, uh, or I think that puts Guardiola in a position where he decides keeping the ball even more so than normal on Sunday is the most important thing. And also, like, if we're honest, the best performances this season, like Chelsea home and away, stuff like that, it's been built on a very particular tactical setup, very particular team selection, and then playing to give the opposition no time on the ball or the ball to build anything. And I, I, I'm, yeah, I'd be really shocked if we weren't line if we didn't line up in the same way on Sunday. Okay, and we're looking at the opposition. Chris, I mean, you know, kind of moving aside from the fact that it's United and what it means to us kind of on a personal note, but just viewing them as a team, do they concern you? It's very rare. Actually, I've got to be careful how I phrase this. It's very rare, though, I look at things in football and I, and I say to myself, I don't understand what is happening here. <laughs> <laughs> and I look at United and... Yeah, they've so they've lost, as, as you said, Steve, they've lost only once in 15 league games. But if you look at them, I don't understand what they are. Yeah. How a how a team who can lose to Watford, who who can who can who have who have been so regressive in their when they bought Ronaldo at the beginning of the season and and the impact it would have, who could, who who is so nonsensical in their strategic approach to developing the team. I don't understand what they are about, and I don't understand how they're still fourth in the table. And, and so, this, so it, it it perplexes me. So, I think again, there's a muscle memory attached to where we fear United. We fear that pace and that counterattacking prowess that they had under Solskjaer. But but largely those players who who did the damage there are not playing at the moment or are not playing in any real form. R Ronaldo's cons consistent inclusion within the starting eleven completely uh, nullifies all those strengths that they used to have, and that's why you're having so many draws. I think, um, 
And I and I and and where, for me, they're weak in every part of the field. They're weak in defence. They're weak in, in in midfield, and they're weak in attack because the the the, the main focus of their attack has become one-dimensional in that if he gets the ball, there's a likelihood he'll put it in the back of the net, but he's got to get the ball, first of all. So I don't underestimate them because they have they do have some excellent players in there. But collectively, they are still very dysfunctional and I think we'll continue to, 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 to be that way. Just echoing what Asan says, possession in this game is key, but also what I think has been lacking in the past few games has been an intensity. We mm. beat Chelsea, not just with keeping possession of the ball, but because of the intensity that with which we applied that possession as well. And so, and if that intensity returns, I think any potential dangers that United have can be nullified. Um, and, and I do feel reasonably confident. I know I always say touch wood on this one, but I do feel reasonably confident. I just don't, I just don't think it's a fair fight at the minute between City and, and, and United. United will be looking to do as much damage as they can possibly do, but they're fighting for pride at the moment and, and the faint hope they can get that Champions League. So, no, there's, there's no one in particular it's it's about nullifying the the source of the danger so so nullify the pass into ronaldo nullifying those wings sancho and 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 because because that's a really a really key way of controlling united if you if you prevent their only main uh, deadly uh, tool, deadly tool, which is which is which is which is Ronaldo. If you nullify that, they become a very average side. Well, I mean, you mentioned now we were going to kind of move on to kind of how six performances have dipped, but I think you've summed it up really well there, to be honest, mate. And, and talking about the intensity and the lack of intensity in recent weeks, that's not imaginable, Harry. Really, is it this weekend? Because City at the Etihad against Manchester United, the crowd won't allow that intensity to not be there. I mean, again, am I being too simplistic there? Um, I don't think you're being too simplistic. I think I think you're right. Um, I think it was quite interesting. Pep after, I think it was Chelsea was like, oh, you know, we wanted the, you know, we wanted to get the second goal, but sometimes you just got to go into their half and play. What was it like, fifteen million passes? Mm. So <laughs> it's sort of stripping the emotion out of the game might be best for City, like they did at Old Trafford. They just sort of. I don't know, in a way, maybe got back to basics. I don't know if that's too simplistic. Um, and, ju- and just with themselves and didn't rush anything and just know that they had the quality in the final third. Um, it, I, I think it entirely depends on how United are going to play. You just said um, sort of their struggles at the moment. It's kind of flipped, hasn't it? It's gone from conceding goals to scoring goals at the moment. Um, but when you look at where United have hurt City in the past, it's been obviously on the break with their the, the, the tricky players up front I think Martial and Rashford have combined quite well uh, in the last couple of years against us so if you're looking at sort of a modern day example United have, have liked to go with Sancho and Alanga on the wings now so maybe them supporting Ronaldo could could give City problems but I think the, the, the big solution to that is just don't let them have the ball just completely and utterly suffocate them Yeah, and I think that's what I think that's what Pep will do I mean, you mentioned there that their struggles up front. In four of their recent games, in the last kind of five five weeks, four of their games, they have drew, including Middlesbrough, which obviously they ultimately went on to lose on penalties. But in regulation time, they drew. In those four games, they had 93 attempts on target. They scored three times. 
I mean, they are being wasteful beyond belief. And I'm not jinxing anything before people have a go at me on Twitter. They could easily, you know, have three chances and score three against City. But just looking at recent events, they have been so profligate in front of the goal right now. Um, one thing, Steve, yeah, go sorry, on, just one thing uh, just to pick up on what Harry said there. Um, I think that what Harry said about, you know, us being unemotional in the way that we, the way that we approach derbies, I think it's, I think it's this side's biggest strength and their biggest weakness. And I think that actually it has more often than not ended up being a little bit of a weakness um, in the derbies that, that Guardiola has lost to United. Because I think that, you know, one of the things, particularly at the Etihad is a derby is a, is a, it's just a different game. It is a cup final. And so where Guardiola will look at it and go, well, it's just three points, right? It's just another game. It's just another league game. And I'm just going to approach it like another league game. And he'll hammer in at the players, approach it just like just another league game. I've the sense that the last few years, United have turned up every time with the idea, this is, this is the derby. This is the game that matters and we have to raise our game. And I think that, I think it would be dangerous where we are in the title race to approach Sunday as anything other than this is fucking massive. This is a huge game of football. This is a game that we have to go into it going, we must win. You have to, however you approach the emotional side of the game in the build-up, on the day, what you can't allow to happen is United's emotion to take control of the game. You have to take control of the game. And that's what I mean about the biggest strength is the biggest weakness in terms of being unemotional about it. Being unemotional works right up until the first counter-attack that leads to a shot on goal. Because when that counter-attack leads to a shot on goal, if it feels too easy, the anxiety ripples through the Etihad immediately. And that anxiety absolutely transmits into the players. So you can be cold and you can be unemotional, but you have to make sure then that you control every aspect of the game, that you really show the levels that you've shown in different moments of this season, like against Chelsea, where they just can't have the ball. And so after 20 minutes, they've lost the appetite and the emotion that they came into the game with. And maybe I'm talking myself into this idea that first 15, 20 minutes of the derby are absolutely crucial. It's crucial United don't get a sniff. It's crucial that City control the ball, whether it's emotionally or unemotionally. They give United absolutely nothing. Um, and just last thing, I'd argue a little bit, the Chelsea performances were full of emotion. They were, and, and the Liverpool performance was in the sense that I think that you have to be really, really good. But the level of aggression that we showed in both of those games came from the understanding of how big the game itself was. But, but to counter that, Aitan, what I would say is this, the current City team squad has enough players in there to which the derby now means something significant as a Man City player. Walker, Stones, KDB, Bernardo, Foden, Raz, 
that they have that derby significance running through their veins so yeah, i i have yeah i don't have any lack of confidence that they will have the the, the prerequisite kind of emotion required for that and mm. and i you know there's been a there's there's been occasions in the past far fewer and more recently where where um guardiola's refusal to compromise on his principles has sometimes got into trouble but that's happening it's rarer and rarer really but there are you know we do we do have a squad of players now for which the derby does mean something very significant because of previous fixtures that, that, that we've had and I think that emotion will be there but as usual with the City squad it will be measured and it will be contained mm. um, Harry just going back to United in a second and how shit they are. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite topic. <laughs> is, is there a United player who would get into your combined best 11? Oh. Um, I, I've got to say for me, no. And I, I really do mean that. I've, I've looked at it objectively and I would say no. Right, and I include I'll, Cristiano I'll, Ronaldo in that, by the way. I'll, I'll, spin, I'll spin this on news. What are your lads' opinions on Raphael Varane? <sighs> Well, I'll go first very quickly and say that Varane, I rate hugely, injury-prone, however, and I would say that I know how Stones and Laporte work great together or Stones and Diaz work great together. I wouldn't want to throw Varane in there and not know about the combination and how they kind of harmonise. That's the reason why Varane would come very close for me, but no. Um, Chris? Um, Player context is everything, particularly in defence. A player... Um, thrives or struggles to survive based on who he's got around. Him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and 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 I think that Varane, Varane's you know kind of excellent form before he came to United was was symptomatic of who he had around him. Varane hasn't done. You can only go on. You can't. You can't. You can't put a player in your first eleven based on their their historical achievements from previous seasons. You can only do on the form they're on now. On current form. None of that United squad even get close to opening the door of the city changing room. But I would still say, and it pains me to say, I, I still at his peak when he's at his best, Fernandez does offer something that no one else in that team offers. Um, but he's not been at his best recently, and so because of that, there's nobody. There's nobody who who I think can add anything to really shift the dynamic, and there's and there's nobody who I think is really in in, in sufficiently outstanding form to take in because they're just, they're confident at the minute. So no, and, and I can't remember a season where I've said that. Where I've, where yeah, said same here. What one United player would not get in. It's, it's incredible. And I genuinely do mean it, but, but no, no Reds would get in. Um, hey, Sam, what about yourself as a United player? Fernandez, maybe Ronaldo? No, no, just the lad, the, the lad who's on bail, who's going to get gonna yeah. go to jail. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 I think in the last few years, whenever we've had this conversation, he's the only one that people on pods have said maybe he he would get into to city squad but no for me uh, outside of him there's there's just not a, not a player there that isn't that really i mean interested in. isn't that incredible uh, i mean i i don't think that you know uh, unfortunately right uh united have been so badly run in a moment where city have been so well run that mm. as incredible as it is it's not really that incredible. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. like what th- there's a kind of, you know, like 
United, you're right when you say that United are such a weird club. Like they're just they're they're rubbish, and they're so United. Are, United are in that weird position where they've spent so much money, they have so many high caliber players that they'll win more games than they're going to lose. Doesn't matter who mm. is driving the car. Yeah, Solskjaer did it. I mean, the guy has got absolutely no coaching pedigree, right? And didn't they finish second last yeah. season? Yeah. Right. So this is what I mean that, like, when you the stat that you brought up earlier that like they've 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 uh, uh, they've only lost or however many games it is, like Once the point it, is, yeah. yeah, that like for United they've got so much pedigree in the team. That they'll end up getting results. They'll end up. I think they'll. End, I think weirdly enough, I do think they'll end up finishing fourth as well because I just think that, you know, when push comes to shove, there's a collection of teams that United will just beat. Yeah, um, but at the same time, then they're not. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that Rangnick is trying to turn them into a team, but they're just not a team right now. And I think that our how how I reflect going into this derby is. We don't have to worry about United as a collective. We have to worry about two or three individuals. Yeah. I think that we have to worry a little bit if Alanga plays about the pace in behind. Yeah. We have to, we have to worry a little bit if Sancho plays of the whole Sancho coming to the Etihad and going, right, I'm turning it on today to show this lot how good I am. That sort of thing. Those little things are the things that concern me. As a team, as a collective, I'm not convinced that United have got anywhere near what it takes to to beat City. I think it will just come down to you know most of the game, most of the points that we've dropped uh, this season, if not all of them, massively self-inflicted. Like some mm. of the individual errors that have led to goals are, you know, the stuff of nightmares. So I think that as long as we are on our game, uh, United won't touch us. And the question of who in their 11 or in their squad gets in ours, nobody. Okay. Hey, Sam, is that, is that a coaching failure or is that just a player effort? Because, you know, there's a, I don't think you can probably argue there's, there is a pool of very talented players at that football club. Wrong mentalities. Just... I think that, that would be my take on it. I, I've, I've read a couple of things um, about Rangnick recently where, Basically, he went to the United board month or two after coming in and going, you know what? You're gonna have to rip this up and more or less start again. That if you want to play if you if you want to play the football that everybody else is playing that I like to play, this lot can't do it. They haven't got the legs, they haven't got the heart, they haven't got the the just the the application, the desire. I think that that United's Problem is absolutely a recruitment problem in that in their drive to buy what they see to be the best, there's been no coherence to a, a team strategy of how these players fit together. I don't think that, like, I'll th again, I'll throw it over to you, Harry. If you look at their side, who can press? Like, think about the way that, that City press or the way that... Um, uh, the way that Liverpool press, uh, who in that, who in United's team can press like that? I don't think there's anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, does that not all just stem down to the signing of Ronaldo then? 
and sort of how they wanted to go about that. Um, Ronaldo I think was, it was never the same last season. I think it was the same last oh, season. Oh, it goes back so much further. I yeah. mean, you, you said earlier, Aysan, and I think it's basically nail on head and it sums up United to a T, which is they have got very good players because they've, they've got a lot of money and they've spent a lot of money on very good players. So they're going to win more games than they lose. And it mm. just reminded me of their, Mourinho's first season when they were had an unbeaten run for essentially two-thirds of that season. And it's yeah. the ninth longest unbeaten run in Premier League history. That team was shite, you know. Yeah. People yeah. were saying, oh, United are back under Mourinho. And, and meanwhile, it's, oh, Pep, it's not working out for Pep at City. But you can clearly see, and it goes back again to something one of you said earlier about stats against your eyes. Um, you can clearly see that City were improving that season. United were just basically had individuals who were better than Watford, Burnley or whatever, and were drawing and winning games. But that's a short-term solution. That's not... Um, but a question I really want to ask, because it came up this week and it actually really surprised me. Uh, and given my dislike of Man United, I, I you know, I, I was not... A, I, I, I thought of myself as a United fan how I'd feel at this news, which is that basically it's been leaked that a lot of United players don't rate Harry Maguire particularly this season. They, they don't think he's pulling his weight. His performances aren't up to scratch. Chris, we see this time and again at United that these leaks appear, you know, from the dressing room. You would never conceivably think of this happening at City. What's going on there? I mean, is there is there one player behind it? Is there a, a cable? What, what, what's happening there? Um, I mean, obviously, I have no idea, but what I would suggest is one of two things. It's either a symptom of how dysfunctional and fractured that dressing room is, or it's a deliberate leak from a player or a player's agent. I think added to the fact that their coaching is so haphazard and their strategic <coughs> recruitment is laughable. Um, you've they, I think you've got a dressing room full of players who have been... Um, any any burden of responsibility has been removed from their shoulders mm, by by yeah. by the change in management. Um, you've got this shocking sense of entitlement that's based on past history, and the fact that a lot of those players came to the quote institution that is Manchester United, and it's not it's not matching up to what their expectations. The reason Maguire chose United over despite City's interest I think well, about money but also because he thought that United was still was just this sl- sleeping giant institution that inevitably would rise to, to, to the top again so if there's a leak I mean it's, it's so handbags a bit like schoolyard yeah. stuff it it's almost you know it's like contemptible um, but Maguire is, has not improved at United he at it, Leicester he played a very significant role, and I'm sure that Pep could have improved him. But 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 at United he has not improved, and I think I think the the captaincy that was given to him has made matters worse. Um, and, you know, and so much of these things are media media generated as well. But 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 if there is a leak about players identifying Maguire being not up to scratch, that's just a shifting of the focus to take away from themselves. Mm. There is not a collective responsibility in that dressing room. You can see it. Whether 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 it goes from one extreme where you've got Paul Pogba who who explicitly just doesn't seem to give a shit and is waiting for a move. To then Fernandez, who is a better player, but just is not in form at the minute. To, to Ronaldo, just waving his arms around because he's not getting it served up on the plate, taking responsibility. So, who knows where that came from? 
but all it all it does is is, is further exemplify that that United have a long way to go. Yeah, it staggered me. The fact that he's captain, and you you know think of that happening to Ruben Diaz, it's inconceivable. I mean, it would just never ever happen at City, um, or at Liverpool, or at. Let's go, mate. I was just going to say, don't you think that that speaks to the problematic culture that comes from rec- bad recruitment? Yeah, absolutely. In the sense that basically, like you, whenever like so, United are, have been leaky, leaking for years and years and years now. And I think that it just comes from the fact that everybody in that dressing room is just in it for themselves. I mean, the I look at the Maguire stuff this week, and even if it's true, I'm like, Jaden Sancho's been rubbish. Bruno Fernandez has been rubbish this season. The fullbacks have been terrible this season. Like, th- there's no... You can't point at one guy and go, well, it's his fault. He's mm. been crap or he's not worth it or, you know, he's not a leader. I mean, who is a leader in that team? Who is a, you know, on on Sunday, who is the guy that galvanizes them if they go a goal down after five minutes? Who's mm. the fella who they all look to and go, all right, we can, even though we've got a goal down, we group, we regroup and we and we try and, get something from this there there isn't a man in there like i think if we going a goal up against united will be cutting their throat in my opinion because they just the one thing they don't have is character it's you know togetherness it's a team spirit all of those things that you know you need in those big moments they just i don't think they have them and the maguire thing is just a symptom of a much wider problem for them. I think United still very much rely on this idea that one player can change everything. That that was behind the idea, you know, the, the, the recruitment of, of of Ronaldo. It's interesting. Guardiola has effectively completely undermined this very English notion of who your captain is by having a number of captains at the club. And I think that reflects the fact that he says one player will not turn it around at City. It's a collective. Mm. And, and so it doesn't matter who's captain. There's a collective mentality there. Maguire was given the captaincy, not based on his performances, but based because he's a big centre-half at the back. And there has yeah. been a tradition of big centre-halves at the back at, at, at United. That player contempt, which is running through the bloodstream of that dressing room at United. If I'm a young forward at United, had a really good previous season, and then this iconic superstar comes back in. It's like, okay, fine, yeah, that's okay. I like I can play with this, you know, Ballon d'Or winner, you know, multiple Champions League winner. But if he's taking my place in my position in the team, and then we're not winning games, that's going to generate a contempt and a, and a bitterness within me, which then just seeps into everything that I do on the training pitch, in the dressing room, and sat on this subs bench as well. So it, again, it goes back to what we said before. United's complacency is from a sense of entitlement and I still am not confident in the, in their talk about we this Rangnick is interim we'll bring in another manager I don't believe they know who they're going to get I really don't mm. I think they're still going to pot shot it and just wait and hope that the cards fall their way I should say about Harry Maguire um I interview kind of former United players as part of my job and basically at times it feels like you're talking to some kind of North Korean 
propagandist, you know, you, you throw mm. anything. United could lose 6 0 and then you interview them afterwards and they'd be like, yeah, but there's a lot of positives to take from that game. It has to be positive. Both, both of the, uh, the, the latest United players who I've interviewed, I've kind of had a little dig at Maguire. And one of them was really surprising because he is, you know, ultimately, he just, you can't get a negative thing out of him. And yet, the thing they've questioned is his leadership, his captaincy. That that surprised me, let's just say. Steve, yeah. can, I could say it's staggering that they think, you know, if reports are to believe that Ronaldo is the fix to all these problems. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the man who never applauds the, the away fans walks straight off the field. Yeah. The man who's the quickest to, to throw a fit. You know, after conceding a goal, is that the leader you want to see when you concede a goal? Absolutely not. So it probably just screams to the to the amount of problems that they have building up at the moment. But I would just say, finally, as well, we've had to listen for decades, I say years, but decades of this notion of United should get him because he's a Man United type of player. <laughs> and what I would say right now, with United's current status and their current kind of stunted development. Maguire is absolutely a Man United player right now. Yeah. Because yeah. he is overblown. He is overrated. He's in a- unable to perform on a regular basis. And he's standing on the shoulders of giants of the reputation of who United were for the last 25 years, not for the last 10 years. So I think, I think at the minute, United is full of United players of where they are right now. Love it, and it's a great way to end um, kind of looking at the opposition. Um, now it's time to look at our own team, or particularly one player. Um, I've come to each of you because he's thoroughly deserving of, of praise. Uh, we'll start with you, Asan. Mares, how much has he impressed you this season? Um, 11 goals, is it, in 12? But also his performances too. He just looks sharper. He looks... I, I don't know. I can't put my finger quite why he's improved so much. Um, can you? Mm, I mean, so firstly, I, I, I'd, I'd extend, I'd go about 12 months. Yeah. I'd say over, over the last 12 months, Riyadh has been the best version of Riyadh we've seen um, since he came to City. Why that is? I mean, I, I think that goals change everything. Heavy goals more so. Um, I think his, he, when he first came, my biggest criticism of him was that I felt that there was 10% missing in everything and that that 10% is what was going to make him a pet player. And the age that he was at, the question was, can he act, can he find that 10% and add it? And I think he's found it, whether it be in the intensity of his game, um, in his end product, decision-making, everything has improved to a point where he really is at his best, world-class and very, very, very difficult to stop. Um, and I think that it's it's actually unfortunate that he's become a little bit of a victim of the size of the squad and the quality of the squad. And mm. Guardiola's, um, rightly or wrongly, his decision to keep everybody involved and rotate as much as he can Um because I have seen no reason. I think at pretty much any other football club on the planet, Mara starts every game right now in the form that he's been in and continues to be in when he when he does start. Um, so now, nah, I mean, I just th- I think I think he's been. I think he really has been 
arguably, if you want to go back over over the last 12 months, arguably City's best player, City's most effective player and City's most important player in terms of the goals, the assists in in big moments. And the penalties. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Having that, ha- having that sort of uh, belief when a player steps up to take a penalty. It's been a while, and after the miss at Anfield, which was his first pen for City, I wondered whether he would ever take one again. But you know, he stepped up again, and it, and the levels of confidence that he shows and the quality that he shows in those has been uh, has been really, really good to see. No, it's funny because you know we kind of we started this podcast with the conversation about you know what the starting 11 will be and whether it, you know, Grealish, Sterling, Mares, Foden, how do you decide? And honestly, I'd be really, really disappointed in Guardiola if, if Mares doesn't start on Sunday. I think that he's got it in him alone to put a haphazard, lacking confidence, Man United back four to the sword. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. he can, he'll... He'll, he'll, he'll give Luke Shaw twisted blood. He'll, Maguire will play on that side. If he, if he can find those little gaps between Maguire and Shaw, it could be a very, very, very long afternoon, evening for those lads. So now nah, just, I'm, um, I'm, um, Riyad's gone from a player who I wasn't sure whether he was good enough to play for this team and, and, and had a, a long, long term future to almost feeling like, I'm disappointed that he's the age that he's at because I'd love to have Riyad for another four <laughs> yeah. or five years. Harry, um, his goals have been so crucial this season. Uh, last season, Gundo, you know, went on a goal-scoring spree. Um, given the fact that we don't have a, a, an out-and-out traditional centre-forward, the fact that one of these players always steps up and just has this season of seasons goal-scoring, that's so key, mm. isn't it, to how this kind of modern day city is set up yeah I mean particularly without a striker um, and I think it just all goes back to what I said sort of at the top that he's just he's turned into city's big game player I was actually going to write a piece today on on fold and potentially becoming that so a bit yeah. of a nostalgia piece on Aguero and his record mm. in derbies and his record in big games and obviously Phil stepped up with some massive goals recently in in big games against some great opposition but maybe, maybe, maybe Riyadh's been that man for City and will continue to be that man for the remainder of the season. Um, in case Anne's right, it started at the start of last season. Mm. Obviously, the Champions League is where he, he really shone through, but you're watching a player at the moment in his absolute peak of his powers. And so just holding back, I think, is it's just sort of counterproductive. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, he came on against Tottenham, barely kicked a ball and stuck one in the top corner to, you know, hopefully nick us a point. I know that didn't happen in the end. Mm. but he's just a player at the moment that he, I mean I don't like to use the word undroppable but I just think he is at the moment in time yeah it does feel that way it's, um, Chris uh, there's one aspect of his game which astounds me his first touch um, I said at the top mm. of, of, you know, I, I regard it better to be the superior of Messi uh, in truth I'd probably put him level par which is not bad praise as it goes um, it's unbelievable, isn't it? I've n- I've never seen the like life before. In my, genuinely, in my life, I've never seen someone who can so consistently bring a ball down at will. And it's not just a case of, of killing it stone dead. He, he, he can if he if he needs it to be just ahead of him, he, he can. It, it's incredible, isn't it? That technique. Technically, it's so challenging what he does, but also he's the the reason I know he's so good at it and consistent is now I, I just expect him to do it. Yeah. 
Um, if he doesn't do it, if he doesn't take this remarkable first touch, not only to take the ball down, kill it dead, but also keep it within a distance that the defender can't touch him. It's extraordinary. And it's a really, so, you know, it, it's a really underestimated skill. I'm st- I'm, I'm, I, think, I think Phil's watching quite a lot in training because Phil's starting to show an awful lot of that as well, being able to kill the ball dead in mm. one go. Something about Mares. He's he's um I've not struggled with him, but but thing my 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 attitude has certainly changed towards him. And I think I know what it is. Towards the end of last season, particularly in the big Champions League games against Dortmund and PSG, and then throughout this season, I no longer see a shred of the Leicester player in Mares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when Mares first came, you could a bit like Grealish now, and it's it's it is receding. That Mares sometimes felt if City were not breaking through, he'd lose pa- he'd lose patience, and he tried to do what he does at Leicester, which is to win the game on his own. And you just do not see that anymore. You see a much more patient player. You see a player who never loses possession. So I think that's what's changed for me is that he's very much become a Guardiola player now. He's a better player than he was at Leicester. He's a different player at Leicester, but he's a better player at Leicester because he's far, uh, City because he's far more dimensions uh, to, to, to his game. But also, you know, if you look at that goal um, in the FA Cup against Peterborough, not many players can score that goal. And, mm. and, it's, and it's like we said in the review, I actually thought it took a deflection, which is why it beat the keeper. But it's because it was such an accurate goal through how many pairs of legs, I don't know. And I think, I think Harry's right. I think he is close to becoming undroppable. But again, it's, it's, it's not just about Mares playing. It's about who else is playing in that front three uh, as well. But I would certainly want him to start on Sunday um, against United because because he's a he's a fullbacks nightmare and uh, and he's just yeah it's been really good and, and I agree as well I wish he was four years younger yeah. uh, because because it's going to start in the next couple of seasons it's going to start to be the questions of when how long does he stay for okay and um, well to wrap things up today we've got to end on kind of how we predict the game to play out uh, at the weekend and score predictions. So um, each of you in turn, Asan, how do you think the game will play out and the score? Um, I'm, I'm feeling mightily happy clappy. Um, I, think, <laughs> I think because, no, I think because we, I think we, we, we've been um, by our own very high standards, very disappointing in the last few weeks. Um, and I'll I'll include the first half at Peterborough there as well. Yeah. Um, and I would I would argue that I, I see that they all went out for a um, uh, a team meal on Wednesday night. I like to see things like that. I for me, yeah, so do I. I, I wonder whether you know rather than rather than the stick, whether Guardiola's used the carrot in terms of going, look, relax, Derby Sunday, go out, enjoy yourselves, rediscover your joy for each other, hang out with your mates, and then we'll come back on Thursday and we'll start the hard work and we slap these on Sunday. And I I have the feeling that Sunday we'll see something much more akin to the Chelsea performances that we saw earlier this season. And I would expect and hope and actually demand a win. Doesn't matter whether it's comfortable or it's nervy or whatever. The most important thing is we get a win. Scoreline, do you reckon? 
You know what? I think that it's going to be a clean sheet because I think after the way that they played, actually the onus is going to be on the back four and Rodri to find their level again. And I, I expect that they will do. So I think I'm going to go with 2-0. I've got to, I'll jump in and say I'm going 2 0 as well. I think it's going to be um, that kind of game. It's just going to get the three points, get through get, get through them. Um, similar to being to Goodison, in my opinion. Um, Harry, how would you see it playing out and the scoreline? Um, do you lot know Guardiola's record at the Etihad against United? It's yes. very poor. Yeah. It's yeah. very poor. Yeah. Um, and that's the only thing that's concerning me um, at the moment. Um, but Obviously, the positions of the respective squads at, at each side, at each time, United have been in similar positions. They have been rubbish, and but they've somehow come to the Etihad and got a result. And that's the only thing that I'm worried about. And it wasn't just when it was behind closed doors, when fans were back, uh, well, just before fans uh, left the stadium, you know, United were, were dominant. Mm. And it's that's the only thing that's concerning me. I don't know if it, I, again, like we said at the top, I don't know if it's just the pessimism in me. Uh, but, are, are you, you going to back a United win here? Because I would. No, <laughs> no, 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 I'm feeling a bit more confident, lads. You've given me a bit more confidence throughout this podcast. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I, I think we I think we do a spank him. So I'm going to go mega confident now. I'm going to go four nil. Whoa, I like it. This is this is the tone we need. My, to my head's spinning from all that. For that. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, uh, how do you think it'll play out and the ultimate scoreline? I'm just, I'm bowled over by the way Harry's given with one hand and taken with the other. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I would like to see a repeat of what happened at Old Trafford earlier this season. First half, I want us to play with intensity, dominate the game, get a 2-0 lead. And then and then in the second half, just take the sting out of the game yeah. and control it and show utter contempt to this very peculiar side. <laughs> um and that's what I'd like to see. I, I, I don't. I'd like to increase our goal difference because Liverpool do have that on us. Um, and but I, I, I think that one thing that Ragnar has improved them with. I think defensively they are stronger, um, a little bit. Uh, so yeah, I, I would uh, happily. Well, yeah, I think two nil as well. Um, but I think first goal is key. And I think I think if we can get a goal within the first twenty minutes then I think the game will, will go in the narrative that we want it to, to, to go. But the thing is, despite the record with Solskjaer, despite the fact it's a derby, ultimately you look at the facts and sometimes you have to take the emotion out of it. Um, and if you, look at, if you look at factually, look at the difference between the, the two teams, where they're on the table and their current run, uh, even though we've had a little bit of, not inconsistency, but we've not been at our best in the past month, I would say, I still can't see beyond a City victory in this fixture. So three two nils and a four nil. None of us. Yeah, are back look, we've just done about an hour of analysis. And it all this. City and Min and United are shy. <laughs> what a way to end! Lovely stuff. Harry, thank you very much for joining us today, mate. Pleasure as always, mate. Hey Sam, thanks a lot, man. Loved it. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, man. Yeah, looking forward to the game now. And thanks everyone for listening in. That's a wrap for today, folks. We're off to listen to a couple of United podcasts to hear the fear in their voices. In the meantime, take care, be well, and forever up the top dogs of Manchester.